Happy day, everybody. I'm your host, Wanda Thibodeau, and this is a very special bonus episode for Faithful on the Clock. For this show, I'm taking a look at what we can learn about innovating wealth from the way God created. I've honed in on six specific things he did that you can copy right now in your own work and business. So let's not waste another second. Let's get to that list. So I'll start today's episode just by reminding you that innovation is not an accident with God. We call him the creator for a reason, because making new stuff is something he does at just about every turn. It really is in his very nature. And I think if we are all made in his image, which we are, all of us have the capacity to innovate in our own way too. That's just part of how we're supposed to be. And if you look at some of the stories in the Bible, there really are some amazing gems that you can sort of pull out and use as a framework for how to innovate well. So strategy number one is know the purpose. I think a lot of companies today, they're always pushing the envelope and they talk a lot about what's possible. They talk about different applications. And I think there's a lot of pride in being able to say, you know, we got there first. But God isn't about winning a race or finding a limit because he always wins and for him there are no limits. It's always, I think, about filling a need, even if doing that is a fun or satisfying thing for him to do. For example, in Genesis 1, 26 through 27, when he made you and me, I think that filled a need that God has to have friends and someone really special who can reflect and glorify him. And when he gave Adam and Eve at close in Genesis 3:21, that filled a need, I think, for some physical protection and to prevent them from feeling more shame. Even, I think, you know, another example, maybe the whole food chain, you know, even the littlest bug has a role in keeping the world healthy. So don't move forward unless you know exactly what the intent with the innovation is. Don't focus on a bunch of coulds. Narrow it down and focus on will. The second strategy is know what you're doing inside and out. Don't try and fudge it. Psalm 139 verse 13 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So there's not a part of any of us that God doesn't know or intimately understand or shape. And we see that same idea in Luke 12 verse 7 and that says indeed the very hairs of your head are all numbered don't be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows and I think people often point to that particular verse to emphasize that we have value and of course we do but uh, it's also another great confirmation in my mind that God knows every detail about us and when you look at the instructions God gave to Noah for building the ark, um, that's in Genesis 6, the instructions for building the tabernacle in Exodus 25 through 30, everything was incredibly specific. He knew exactly how he wanted it laid out and he was very clear on what to do. So do your homework and don't be satisfied with just, um, you know, this kind of surface level kind of stuff just um, to push something through fast. You know, you're not omnipotent like God. None of us are. You might have to experiment a little. 
And there might be some things that you or your expert don't know the answer to. And that's fine. It's part of the process we have to use as human beings to get to the point where we're really competent. But go as far as you can and really look at everything from every possible angle. Then the third strategy is choose and equip the right people. There are lots of examples where God picked someone to do a specific job. Uh, One I can think off the top of my head is Moses in Exodus, um, you know, when he led the Israelites from Egypt. And every time these were people that God trusted to get the job done. And he trusted them because they had faith in him. So, um, you know, when you look at the building of the tabernacle again, God deliberately gave all of the craftsmen and artisans involved with that all the skills that they would need to be successful. Exodus 31 actually starts with God pointing out who he'd chosen for the work. And verse 6 says, Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. So pick people you trust. Give the people who are on your team the right training, the right resources, whatever they need to do what you ask. Um, You know, set them up to be able to get things done. Strategy four, don't be afraid to revise and scrap based on what you observe or realize. And we can kind of see this in the story of the flood in Genesis 6 through 8. Where God basically looked at people and was just so frustrated that he was ready to just wipe them out altogether. But he looked at Noah and his family. He looked at what was still good, what was still working, and he used that to start over. But probably the biggest example of this revise and scrap, of course, I think was Jesus. Because then when he came, you know, all of the old ways, the old laws, we didn't have to live like that anymore. And we had a totally new relationship with God. So it's okay to just, uh, you know, look at what you've got to do. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, the way that you used to do things. Just make your adjustments and move on. Strategy five, prepare in advance for upgrades. Philippians 3.21 talks about how Christ will give us new bodies that are like his. And in Revelation 21... That describes the new heaven and new earth where instead of being separated from God, we can be right there with him. Jesus knew all of this was coming. It wasn't a surprise. All of his preaching, all of his stories, it was to me all just one big in-person update, notification direct from the CEO to give us some warning about what to do and what would happen. In Matthew 24, verse 44, for example, it says, So you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And Luke 12, 38 says, It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. So don't pretend like your old system or model will never become outdated because, of course, you know, uh, that always happens. And just don't leave people in the dark. Just make sure that if you need to make changes, that they know ahead of time what's coming and that they're ready to make whatever changes have to happen. The final strategy is when all the work is done, just take a minute to reflect. In Genesis 1 and 2, you find the creation story. And at the end of every day, what I think is so absolutely beautiful about this is that God took the time to sit back 
and think about how good everything really was. He didn't just move on right away to the next thing, you know, the way that we're tempted to do all the time. He paused and evaluated. He analyzed. And he appreciated, you know, and he looked around and was probably like, look what I just did. How awesome is everything? And so I think, at least in my mind, it's, it was as much celebration as it was rest. So look back. If the end result really has the value we're hoping for, then celebrate it and take the time to recharge so that you can keep going. So to recap all of these strategies really quickly, number one, know the purpose. Don't just create because you can. Have fun, but meet real needs. Look around you, see what people actually have to have. Fill some of those gaps. Number two, know what you're doing. Do your homework, go beyond the superficial and dig deep into the details. Number three, choose and equip the right people. Make sure you've got people you can trust and that they have the skills and resources that they need. Number four, revise and scrap if you have to. You'll learn things and things might not always work and it's totally okay to make changes based on that. Number five, prepare in advance for upgrades. Don't leave people in the dark because they're not mushrooms, okay? So make sure that they know what's coming. And number six, reflect. Take the time to assess value, celebrate, and rest. And now that you're equipped with these tactics, I'll close out the episode with a prayer. God, you are the original innovator. Nobody creates better than you do. Let us use what you did as an example of how to move forward, no matter what we hope to make, and help us to know for sure whether those innovations are in line with your plans and whether they'll help the world. In Jesus' name, amen. That is a wrap, everyone. Go back to the office, apply all those strategies right now, today. I'll have another regular episode of Faithful on the Clock coming at you in just a few days. So keep your eyes peeled for that to go live. And until you hit that play button again, be blessed. Like what you heard and want even more great Christian business content? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash faithful on the clock to become a supporting member for the show. You'll get access to options like early episode access, bonus episodes, videos, Bible studies, curated articles, and more in a tier plan that's right for you. Show your support for this podcast, and remember, enormous change can start with you.